Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. Let us pray. O God of peace, your love is fierce. You have gathered us here together to worship you. Please send your Holy Spirit to guide us according to your will. For we are a people united with your heart. We long to serve you with our lives. I ask your blessing of peace upon those listening to your holy word today. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Comfort. This passage from the Gospel of Matthew is intended to provide comfort. What do you think of when you hear the word comfort? If there are children following along today, I know you have your four boxes to draw pictures in. In the first box, you should draw something that you find comforting. I can tell you what I find comforting. Comfort food. I grew up near the border of Minnesota and Wisconsin. Wisconsin is known for its cheese. Cheesy wild rice soup, thick creamy potato soup, gravy on everything. I can make gravy out of anything. Nice, warm, soothing, high-calorie food. That's what I think of when I hear the word comfort. Someone else might think of a warm blanket, which is often called a comforter. We are creatures. We know what the word comfort means. We are simply creatures who like to enjoy our creature comforts. The gospel passage today is given the title, The Gentle Mastery of Christ. God is our creator. We are created by God, therefore God is our master. Take my yoke upon you. We are simply creatures who are called to take the yoke of God upon our lives. We are called to be united with Jesus Christ. We are created for a special purpose. We are to give glory to God by doing God's will. When we are busy doing God's will, we will find comfort, peace, and rest. Jesus was always going about doing God's will, and God sustained him. Jesus says to his disciples in the Gospel of John, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. 
Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Don't be afraid. Let your heart not be troubled. It looks like we are given control of something here. Peace, as defined by the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, states, freedom from disturbance and tranquility. But Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That doesn't sound quite like tranquility, does it? God, our creator, is the one who provides us with the greatest source of comfort and peace. Not high-calorie comfort foods or warm, soft blankets, although they are signs of God's love and care for us. Having food and shelter is a blessing to be thankful for every day. God created each one of us we creatures do not have the power to bring things to life like God brings things to life. We can plant a seed in a garden. We can water the seed. We can choose good soil and fertilizer. But there is still a lot that we cannot control. We cannot control if the sun comes out or not. As our garden grows, we watch. We water. We observe God, a power far greater than us, bring that seed to life. The only power we creatures have is the power to pull weeds. We have the power to cause things to die. However, I don't know about you, but I can't stop the weeds from coming back to life again. God is the great creator of the universe. God is the power of life. What have you seen God create in your life recently? For the children listening who are waiting for directions for their second box, draw a picture in your second box of something living that God has made. It could be a tree, a garden, a baby growing bigger, maybe a pet, or a flower. What do you think about when you think of God giving life to this world? The three theological virtues of the Christian faith are faith, hope, and love. This simple image of a garden growing is a source of sustaining our faith. We can actually see God acting in the natural world. In the middle of winter, we have faith that spring will come. There is absolutely no way that we can force spring to come sooner or later than when it comes. Just imagine if we could. And what a fight that would be amongst us creatures. We have trouble enough agreeing on pretty trivial things. What if God gave us control of the seasons? Our faith tells us that there is a higher power in control of this world, and it is not us. That is a source of incredible comfort when we understand God to be loving, 
merciful, and filled with compassion. We are content to accept Christ as our master when we understand God to be the source of all life and all love. But what happens when doubt creeps in? What happens when we start to question God's goodness? What happens when our faith begins to waver? What happens when we start to believe in lies? Let's look at some of the most common lies that destroy our faith. Number one, why would a loving God allow suffering? Why would God allow innocent children to die of cancer or tragic accidents? Why does anyone get sick or die? Why does God allow evil? Too many well-meaning Christians will answer these kinds of questions with a concept of God as a punishing God. God is punishing for us for something, they might say. Or someone sinned and therefore we all have to suffer. Or God needed another angel in heaven. This is not our faith, people. This is the thinking of ancient Hebrew tribes whose understanding of God is recorded for us in the Old Testament scriptures. This was before the coming of Christ. This is not a Christian answer. I'm going to offer you a better answer. Simply, we are not in heaven yet. We are not in heaven yet. We live in a world where there is sin, suffering, and sickness all the time. No one is immune to experiencing suffering here on earth. It goes along with being a creature. God is not the source of pain. God is not punishing anyone. God is constantly trying to renew the earth and restore us to the beauty of the Garden of Eden. Think about what that looks like to you. How do you imagine the Garden of Eden? How do you imagine the New Jerusalem? How do you see the banquet of the Lamb? How do you envision the promised land? When you are cooperating with God's will for your life, you can experience a deep knowledge, an inner knowing of God, of what God desires for us, the goodness God desires for us. But God respects our free will. We always have a choice. We have a choice to cooperate with God's gift of grace in our lives, or we can reject it. What does cooperating with God's gift of grace look like? As Methodists, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. We know that we are empowered by God to do God's will here on earth. What does that really look like? Children, it's time to fill in your third box. Draw yourself or somebody you love cooperating with God. Who do I see cooperating with God's grace in our world today? I see doctors and nurses doing their best to be conduits of love and support to very lonely, fearful people inside hospital rooms. I see that every week as I work as a hospital chaplain. I see teachers bending over backwards, trying to offer their students a sense of security when that student's whole schedule, their whole life, has been turned upside down. 
I see prophets speaking up for justice in a world where there are significant abuses of power. I see police, fire, and military professionals protecting us with very little compensation or gratitude. God is giving birth to new life. We are living during a time period in history where God is showing us divine labor pains. Throughout the New Testament, we read, do not be afraid. God is bringing new life. A mother, any mother of biological children knows that giving birth is not a pain-free ordeal. Extreme fear can slow down the labor process. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was crucified on a cross. The early Christians were brutally martyred. This was an amazing time in history where God was bringing new life to the world. God brought to life a whole new way of understanding how we creatures should relate to our Creator. Through the person of Jesus Christ, God taught us to find comfort and peace through Christian prayer. This gift is with us today. It is our source of hope. Hope is the ability to trust that God is good even when things don't look so good. We are living in a time of hope. We can grow in the virtue of hope as we sustain our faith in times of trial. Again, we can grow more hopeful as we sustain our faith in times of trial. Many people lose their faith when things go wrong in their lives. People pray for healing, but what happens when healing doesn't come? There are a lot of platitudes that well-meaning Christians can say that can cause deeper pain and even cause people to lose their faith. It is never God's will that a child should die, never. God does not need anyone in heaven with him. God intended Adam and Eve to live forever. God wants us to have eternal life. Hope. The virtue of hope empowers us to live in a world where the weeds are growing amongst the wheat. That's another parable from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, the weeds and the wheat. Our feet must be planted firmly on the ground, actively doing God's will, while our head rests on the heart of Jesus Christ. This is the rest Jesus is talking about in the Gospel passage from Matthew today. This is the source of peace that the world cannot give. The experience of suffering will test your faith, but at the same time, it increases and deepens your reservoir of hope. In difficult times, we hope for better days to come. Faith, hope, and love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, and these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Love is any act of service offered to others. Love is being generous with what we have and giving to others. Love is time spent caring and listening to others. Love is the willingness of medical professionals to physically touch a patient 
and risk getting sick themselves. Love is the words of encouragement given to sustain others. Love is being a Christian disciple. Love is being open to being used by God as a conduit of God's love to this broken, suffering world. God allows us to participate in God's work of bringing life and love to the world. God does not march in to rescue us from pain. God did not rescue Jesus Christ from the pain of the cross. As Christian disciples, we have work to do. We are called to pray. That's the number one thing. We are called to pray. We are called to serve others to the best of our ability with the talents and skills and resources God has provided us with. We are called to encourage others. An important distraction I want to address is related to the popularized Christian culture in the United States, which is constantly trying to figure out when the end of the world will come. I lived through Y2K, the turn of the millennium. The world did not end. It is not our job to sit around and speculate when the end of the world will come. I honestly do not give any thought to the sensationalized forms of Christianity which exalt the tribulation and the end of the world. That thinking often fosters fear, and people can wrongly profit from others' fears. That is not our faith. That is not God's will. We do not scare people into becoming Christians. We love people into becoming Christians. One of the earliest Christian prayers, which is the basis to our Anglican roots as Methodists, is the Gloria Patre. The prayer goes like this. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. This prayer is common to Methodists, Lutherans, Anglicans, Episcopalians, Eastern Orthodox Christians, Presbyterians, and Catholics. We Christians have prayed this prayer since the 4th century in the Council of Nicaea when the early Christian church clarified the doctrine of the Holy Trinity. It concludes with world without end. Let's think about that for a moment. There is no end to a world where God is constantly creating new life. There is no end to a world where God is constantly creating new life. Scientifically speaking, our sun is in its most stable stage of the lifespan of a star. So if you ask some scientists, they will say we have at least one billion years left before the sun starts dying and infecting life on Earth. I have three teenagers who would like to sit around and wait until my husband and I grow tired of setting boundaries and insisting they do their chores before they can have access to the internet. There are some Christian preachers behaving in very similar ways, praying for the end of the world to come soon. Being a true Christian disciple is not motivated by looking for a way to escape suffering. Being a true Christian disciple 
is walking into the midst of suffering while carrying the gift of God's love. Again, being a true Christian disciple is walking into the midst of suffering while carrying the gift of God's love. Children, in your last box, draw a picture of yourself wrapped up as a gift. We are God's gift to the world. Corey Ten Bloom, Bloom was raised as a Calvinist Christian in the Netherlands. During World War II, Corey and her family hid Jews in their home until Corey and her family were caught and sent away to a work camp as political prisoners. These work camps were hellish places where the dignity of human life was no longer respected. Corey was 42 years old when she suffered in these Nazi work camps. Ultimately, Corey was the only family member who survived. She went on to speak about forgiveness, hope, love, and the saving grace of Jesus Christ until she died at 91 years old. Corey was a gift to the world. Therefore, I would like to leave you with one of her most well-known sayings. Corey said, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you will be at rest. Let us end in prayer. O oh God of peace and love, we are your beloved children. We were created in your image and likeness. May you bless us with the confidence we gain only by having faith in you. May you bless us with restful peace, a peace the world cannot understand. May you bless us with opportunities to love and serve those most in need. May we live our lives with purpose and grace. We ask this through your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.